Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Hello, today you get to meet my new friend, Rachel G. Scott from Ohio. Rachel, tell us a little bit about your family, and then we'll talk about your ministry and then legacy. Yes, I love this. First of all, let me say thank you so much for allowing me to come on the podcast. I'm excited. So I, as you said, I'm in Ohio. Um, I actually have a blended family of seven. So there's seven of us all together from, I want to say 26 to seven years old and everything in between there. (laughs) My husband and I have been married for um, going on 12 years now. um, And we, we love just family. We love marriage and all the wonderful ups and downs, ins and outs that come with that. Um, Mm. Ministry is a part of our core music. We love doing things with music and we just have fun. How did you meet? In a studio. (laughs) What kind of studio? He does Christian hip hop. Um, I sing. And so I don't sing as much anymore, but we were both in the studio and he needed someone to write for him. We were in a friend's studio at the time and I wrote a song. I wrote with him on the song. Wow. And it happened to be the song that we uh, played in our wedding. So having no clue just that the song was going to be so fitting for that. So yeah, wow. we met in the studio. So exciting. And he had kids already or did you? Both. So he had oh. three children. Um, his first wife passed. I had two. I was divorced. And then uh, we had two together. Isn't that so great? Yes. I love the way God restores and renews and sets you on a whole new path with new children. Because children are are a lot of work work and and blessing, but work as well. Um, You run a podcast and tell us the name and how you came up with it. Taking the leap. So um, taking the leap, she said, in case you missed that. Taking the leap. Taking the leap. So Mm -hmm. um, it came about just really realizing that everyone was filling this pool to do more that God had called them to do. But I feel like the only way they could do that is that they completely left their job, walked away from everything and just took this huge risk. Wait, I I misheard what you said. Everyone is filling this what? This just is nudging. Um, can you oh, hear me feel, okay? Yeah, feeling it, okay. you said. Yes. Oh, feel, I thought you said feeling it, like filling a pool. Oh, I'm sorry. Feeling, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. We uh, we both talk fast. Everyone is feeling this need to, go ahead. Yeah, this need to, or this nudging mm. by God to step out and do something. Yes. And what I found was they, they honestly felt the only way to do it was to walk away from everything. Oh. Uh, but they couldn't do that. You know, the, right. they, they had their homes, they had their families, they needed to, to continue to provide for them. And so one day I just prayed and asked God, is that the only way that we can obey what you're calling us to do? Mm-hmm. And through that, he showed me just five leaps that are biblical that just people in the Bible have taken. And it's not necessarily just walking away from everything. I mean, we look at Nehemiah and he did he did what I call the builder's leap, where he temporarily left his role as a cupbearer to go and to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, but he went back to his work after that. So or why do you can, why you call it a builder's leap? Because that's what he did. And so that that's what he did. category would be 
when you leave something for only a, sh a period of time and then you go back. Yes. Okay. Yes. Next, I want to hear all four, five. So go ahead. All five of them. Okay. So we have the builder's leap, which was mm -hmm. Nehemiah. We have the fisherman leap, which is the one um, from the disciples and you walk away from everything. So there are people who will walk away from everything. That's right. part of what they're going to do. Um, additionally, uh, we have Paul who did the tent maker leap where he worked simultaneously to provide, but he also did ministry at the same time. So that may be let me Someone. ask you this. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you think somebody, I interrupt a lot, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'm curious. Uh, could you see someone saying, well, I'm going to do the Paul leap because I don't really want to do the fisherman leap. And so they oh. could use it as an excuse. I mean, all of us could say, well, yeah. I'm stuck here because of my husband's job or whatever. So I'm just going to work on the Paul leap, which may be exactly what God wants you to do. But right. we could also use different things as excuses. Don't you think that could be true? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. We have to lean into the one that God is calling us to do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not about excluding one or the other based off of our own emotions and feelings. It's really about knowing what God is calling us to do in this season that we're in. And what I find is a lot of people start off with the tent maker leap mm -hmm. because they have this new fresh thing that they're doing. It could be a ministry, starting a business, writing a book. And somewhere along the way, they still feel called to take the fisherman leap. And that's that just indication that, okay, this is where it starts, but it continues on. So I say mm -hmm. that we live a lifestyle of leaping and that, that kind of just cancels out the whole thing <laughs> right there as far as, okay, I'm going to do this out of discomfort. No, a lifestyle of leaping is always leaning into what is the next leap that we're supposed to make. Mm -hmm. Is it this leap or is it the next one? So say that again, always leaning into what? What is the next leap that we're supposed to make? Hmm. Is there always a leap? Can't you just hold still for a while? Oh, there's seasons where we're still, but I believe we all live a leaping lifestyle. Hmm. Um, we didn't, I, I interrupted you. So you did the Nehemiah, the fish, fisherman. So we did builder, fisherman, tent maker. Yeah. Um, and then we have the shepherd leap, hmm. which is when you completely move it's space off of Abraham, when you completely move to a new location, um, just a new territory. And then um, the trailblazer leap, which is when you have done all four of the other leaps and you're teaching other people and you're showing them how to have confidence in the leap that they are making and that God is leading them to make. Who is someone that you've interviewed that is doing that trailblazing? Oh, I just had an interview. I feel like the last two people, there's this one lady named Rochelle Starr. She's definitely um, a trailblazer. Uh, she has a ministry that goes into... Um, strip clubs and minister to the people there. Wow. Yes. It is powerful. Hmm. Graham Cochran. Um, he has, he's definitely a trailblazer. I mean, he's moved, he started businesses. He's worked <laughs> during the season while he's built other businesses. So um, they both have been trailblazers. Shay Bynes is another person. She has a ministry called kingdom driven entrepreneurs um, and powerful ministry, but also just, trailblazing and have making leaping a lifestyle and teaching other people how to do that. Is part of trailblazing always mentoring? No, I think trailblazing. Um, well, you know what? Let me, let me answer that. I think that as a trailblazer, you should always be looking for an opportunity to mentor. I think mm -hmm. in life, we should always be looking for who is behind us or who is next to us that we can pull up 
or pull towards us. So the trailblazing itself may not be the full mentoring that you do, but there, there should be aspects of your experience and leaping that you help other people with. Mm -hmm. I feel that's true for every believer. Yeah. That there's always someone just a little bit behind that you could pull along in a gracious manner, the way God wants us to, or someone, how did you, how did you uh, phrase the person in front of you a little further ahead of you? Um, Besides mentor. Yeah. As a mentor, you said uh, you should always have someone, there is always someone behind you and then someone well, someone, yeah, someone behind you or someone next to you that you can help, you know, along the way. So I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm saying was, the person in front of you, though, but the person. In oh, front of you. they would be to me, the trailblazer uh, okay. the person ahead of me, the trailblazer. You mm-hmm. know, I like to say we need three people in our life. We hmm. need someone who is in it with us, who understands is that peer. We need someone who is ahead of us that can just give us overall wisdom, not even in a specific area, but you know, that person who they're like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what I talk to them about. They just have wise counsel. Yeah. And then you need someone that you can teach and that you can pull along with Mm -hmm. where you're at. Hmm. Pull along. Yeah, that's great. Someone you can teach. And sometimes they just show up on your doorstep. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. And um, I had someone over the other day just because she was new to, to the church. And she says, I've been First, she told me her story of faith, which came from uh, just moving in in a neighborhood next door to an older uh, Christian woman who helped her raise her family Christian just because she happened to live there, right? There's no no randomness in God's economy. And um, and so when she moved here, she says, "I, uh, I told her I was 70 and blah, blah, blah. And she goes... I've been praying for an older woman who has some vibrancy. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you. I'll wear this lipstick all the time. I no, the, the point is, is that you don't know when you're someone's answer to prayer. Yes. And um, we're not the all in all Jesus is. But I think it helps our faith when we know we're uh, encouraging somebody else in their walk. And there's always someone more, you know, not just older than me, but older in the faith right, that I, right. I rely upon. That is so great. And I had 16 other questions, which I've forgotten. But you have these five leaps. Um, which one do you see the most as far as interviewing that's easiest to interview? Because you kind of mentioned that in our podcasting mastermind yeah. the other night. Definitely fishermen. Um, mm. A lot of people make the fisherman leap. Why and do you think so, that is? Uh, I think that it's just the season that they're in as far as their leaping lifestyle. But I also feel like at a certain point, no matter which leap you take, there's going to be a point when you make a fisherman leap, when you step completely away from what's comfortable into something that's totally uncomfortable, hmm. um, but yet completely in God's will. So I think it's just really common, or they can just be the ones that gravitate to the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think, let me say this. Okay. I also think it's because when people hear leap, that's the only thing they associate with leaping is that complete walking away. So my hmm. whole theory if you can say or you know thesis is that it's not the only way that we can leap um but i think that's just what people are so familiar with well i think leaping in your definition has to do with obedience right absolutely okay so we hear god but it doesn't mean that we're jumping off a cliff we're Mm -hmm. just or leaving our family's business to go start our own business Right, right it just could be uh simple like i think i'm supposed to talk to that neighbor who's outside watering her lawn that's a leap. Right. I guess we right. could call that a leap of faith. That's a, mm-hmm. an old quote. So is that where you got it from? Was just like everything is a leap of faith? 
when we say yes um, to God? I think so in part, but for me, I just began to assess my own life and the different ways that I've made leaps throughout life. And I started looking at other people and their stories and realizing that it's not just a leap of faith. Yes, it does take faith in order for us to make that leap. But it's also, like you said, obe uh, obedience. Hmm. And something I always say, <clears throat> even on my podcast, is God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness. And so I feel that it's that leap of faith, but it's really more of understanding that it's a leaping lifestyle. It's a part of what we were created to do in order to bring people closer to God and to mm -hmm. spread the message of Christ. And you're only 37. I am. Think of all the years ahead of leaping that you're going to be doing. <laughs> I do want to ask you this, and I didn't, um, I didn't uh, tell you I was going to ask you this, but what has been your most challenging leap? <clears throat> the one we talked about a little bit before we started, which is trying to a move currently while my kids are in school, trying to navigate, do I move now? Do I wait? Um, is my waiting obedience? Uh, am I delaying, you know, am I, am I teaching something that I'm not even applying, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say the shepherd's leap in the season of child rearing that I'm in uh, has probably been the most difficult one. But and all of them have been hard. Explain again what the shepherd's leap is. Um, where you move to a different location, like a mm -hmm. new territory, whether it's a new geographical location, um, whether it's to a different street, um, whatever move God is calling you to make, you got to pack up everything and go, whether it's because your job sends you somewhere else, uh, that that's the shepherd's lead. Mm. I think I teach on hospitality, as you know, and I say that, um, you know, God's, uh, Jesus' last words, we need to pay attention to people's last words, we're to go into all the world uh, and make disciples starting in Jerusalem. And I think it's easier. I've, I've taught abroad. I mean, I've been a missionary abroad for a brief time and it's and we've had internet, 35 international students have lived lived with us wow. over the years, and it's easier to talk to someone from another culture about Christ than it is my next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we can't even go across the street, God's not asking you necessarily to leave and go to a, a seminary or to teach a women's Bible study or to start a podcast, but we need to start with our neighborhood, our Jerusalem, mm -hmm. and that takes a leap of obedience as well as faith. And I usually find out that people don't mind yeah. that I'm interrupting their day, except on a few occasions. And on those, I just, <laughs> I don't do a repeat visit. <laughs> it helps if you have cookies or a homemade bread. Yes. Um, so that's your most challenging leap now. What, um, what made you leap into doing this podcast? Did I already ask you that? No. Okay. Um, obedience. I huh. actually did not want to do a podcast. Hmm. My husband had mentioned it for probably like six months. Like you really should do a podcast. I'm like, nah, that's not for me. That's like more work. I have yeah. plenty to do. I don't need yes. to add anything else to my place. Yes, I can see that. And, yeah. And then I had a friend just randomly say, Rachel, I really think you should do a podcast. Hmm. I'm like, you know, you and my husband always say similar things. So maybe <laughs> you're both wrong this time. Yeah. <laughs> or both right. Or you're both right. Mm -hmm. And they were both absolutely right. Um, mm -hmm. The podcast turned out to be the biggest blessing for me. Mm -hmm. And it taught me a big lesson to listen to the wisdom that God has placed around you, mm -hmm. especially when you're resistant to what he's telling you anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll send other people mm -hmm. to tell you 
and confirm it. So, I mean, I honestly can say that it's been the biggest blessing for me, um, even though it was completely out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to your most challenging leap, it could be something that happened in the past that you're through with, or it could Mm -hmm. be the one you're in right now. What did you learn about yourself through that challenge? Mm, I want to say that um, a lot of times we envision just the the worst part of a leap. Like these are all the worst case scenarios Mm. that happen. And I learned that I tend to do that. If I don't quickly redirect and and change my thinking and invite God into that, um, that I can easily go to the worst case scenarios rather than the best case scenarios. Hmm. Yeah, I would think that's just a woman thing, but um, (laughs) that we anticipate what could go wrong rather than right. anticipating what could go right. And so how do you do that? You just re-engineer your brain and say, oops, I'm doing it again. <clears throat> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I have had to practice in truth. Like what is the truth mm. about this? And recognize the tactics of the enemy in my mind. He works in speculation. He mm. works in imaginations and negative thoughts. So, mm. um, and not just mine, with everyone. And so I have to pay attention. It's like, is it, am I speculating something that's going to happen? That's not going to happen. Is mm-hmm. this just, you know, um, <clears throat> am I getting these negative thoughts and would God plant negative thoughts? No, he no. wouldn't. And am I imagining things that could happen, um, scenarios that could happen? And if I'm doing those things, I know that my mindset is not being, you know, directed by God in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I have mm-hmm. to redirect it. Hmm. So speculations, imaginations, and negative thoughts. Wow. That's good teaching right there. Is that in your new book? I think so. Oh, I hope so. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. I was going to say that came (laughs) right off your books. (laughs) That came off your tongue. uh, Like you, that you've learned it. You know, anyone who writes as we do, God teaches us first. So it has to go through us first. I've done this one. I've done this one retreat series 13 times. I'm about ready to do it. 14th time. And I think, I think the Lord really wants me to learn this material. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a slow, I'm a slow learner. Okay. And last, what did you learn most about God through your leap? Mm, That he is faithful, that he is faithful in every area where I questioned how something was going to happen. Provision, you know, how the provision was going to come for it. He Mm. showed up every single, every single time. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's faithful. I had someone tell me once that trusting God is like jumping off a cliff and finding out it's only a curb. Mm, That's so good. But people don't really want to jump because they speculate and they imagine the fall when it's uh, when it's a cliff. Yeah. But even if I would die, the curve is being with Jesus. Yes. But to tell it to. To tell a 30-year-old that, that's they don't want to hear that. Right. <laughs> They're not quite ready to die. Um, what is your upcoming book about and what is the title? It doesn't come out till March 2024. Right. March 2024 is called Taking the Five Leaps. So mm, it's good. all about the leaps. <laughs> Wonderful. Taking and does it have a subtitle uh, tagline? It does. I do not remember what it is. We just solidified <laughs> it okay. after several. So I need to remember the official yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, I learned at She Speaks that a title is for yourself and the tagline is for other people to understand what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. So that will be uh, a great, a great thing to look forward to. Um, You know that the podcast is about legacy and you've mentioned a few things already, but can you uh, tell me what you think your legacy, you want it to be for those who know and love you? 
Mm, that's so good. Um, honestly, mm. that I served God well, mm. I loved my family well, and I pointed them to Jesus. Mm. And how are you doing that right now? <clears throat> Ooh, with my kids, lots of conversations, lots of conversations, listening, um, learning how to be present in the season that they're walking through, telling them what the word of God says, not just what mommy says or what she thinks. So that mm. I always say that I'm not the standard God is. And so I'm always pointing them to listen. I made a whole bunch of mistakes. So if I become your standard, you're going to have room to make a lot of mistakes that you will then be accountable for. <laughs> but if God is a standard, mm. then, you know, you will make the right decisions where you'll know how to go back and repent about what, what hurts his heart. So that's do, how I'm doing that with them. Do you think your kids are picking up about living a leaping lifestyle from you because they're hearing it day in and day out? I think so. That's that's ultimately a big goal of mine is I want leaping a leaping lifestyle to be a natural part of them. And, it, mm. you know, you think about kids in school, they go from first grade to second grade to third grade to fourth grade, and they're used to it. They're used to the change, they're used to, to the transition. But somehow when we become an adult, we're really resistant to it. And I mm. don't want them to have that resistance because... I'm, I try to teach them about immediate obedience in my parenting and that crosses over to them in their relationship with God. So when mm -hmm. I notice that one of my kids just has a struggle with being obedient right away, I'm like, this same struggle will translate over to a struggle and you being immediately obedient to God. So we're going to work through this. So mm -hmm. just the, 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 the things that can make it difficult that have made it difficult for me, mm -hmm. um, I want them to be able to naturally know how to lead, know how to be obedient to God, not question him, know that he's faithful, um, all of those things. And um, you've probably figured out, because you have older children as well, that no matter how much we teach them and even model it, that they still need to make the decision for themselves. And Absolutely. also fall a little bit, uh, perhaps, because when we fail, that's when we really understand who God is and how much we need him. I think at least that's the way it's been with me. Yes. And, um, and that's when we really remember the lesson, but we would wish and pray that our kids wouldn't do everything that we did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I want to ask you also, how does your life embody God's welcoming heart? Mm, that's good. You know, one of the things that I like to talk about, and I'm still studying a lot on this is the difference between being a nice Christian versus being a kind Christian. Hmm. And, you know, niceness just, it's more from, for me, for me to feel good about how I interacted with someone, hmm. but there is also a disconnect and a distance um, between my willingness to really be present for the person. Hmm. Uh, whereas kindness is very inviting, but it's authentic it is a true care about the person, who they are, and how you can be present with them. And so I would hope that as I engage people and they meet me, that they would see the kindness of God on me and not just, oh, Rachel, she's a really nice person. Mm. <laughs> it's a nice statement, yeah. you know, could be, but I want you to, to see the kindness of God because from there, that's where transformation happens. Mm. And why does the kindness of God lead people to repentance? Mm, that's a good question. You're asking all the right questions. <laughs> I think it's a biblical. I think it's a verse. Yes. yes. Um, I don't remember the verse though, but what I will say, <laughs> what I what I will say is that um, you know what? The verse is repentance. What it's something that leads to repentance. Is it the kindness? The goodness. The goodness of God leads to repentance. That's what it is. And I will say that I believe that people see so much evil in the world 
Mm. Um, so much facade, so much fake that it's when they see somebody who's authentic, who genuinely has a care for them, they want more of that. And it, and it distinguishes to them what they're missing. It helps them mm -hmm. identify what mm -hmm. they may actually be missing and their encounters with other people mm -hmm. um, is that genuine kindness because it, and it allows them to open up in areas where they may have felt closed off because they could tell that it was, um, it was a niceness. It was kind of a manipulated engagement as opposed to a genuine authentic engagement mm -hmm. or something that would not last something that would not last. Yes. Because Jesus, you know, he never leaves us. Um, I have felt afraid to engage with some people because I think I'm not sure I really want this to last, mm. but God continues to convict me to um, be his hands and feet in their lives. And also he brings in other people at times too yeah. to, to help out because we all have boundaries. Of course, God given boundaries. Yes. I remember something about being a nice Christian. It's kind of funny. A friend was walking by, um, I was getting in my car and she said, I said something about having people over and she goes, you're just so nice, Sue. And I go, I am not nice. The reason I'm doing this, I got mad, which of course made me not nice. I said, and I just uh, said, I'm not doing it because I'm nice. I'm doing it because God says be hospitable. Now I didn't yell at her and we're right. still friends, but I thought, you know, we don't do things because we're nice and it makes us look good. And as you said, it makes us feel good because sometimes obeying God does not feel good for a while, you know, but the obedience is the joy of his presence and knowing that we've pleased him and we're here to please him, not right. ourselves, not our neighbors. We're here to love our neighbors. And, uh, and so I just thought that was kind of funny. I guess I'm not a very nice person, but I want to be an obedient, kind person like what you just that's said, it. because they see through you because they've been hurt by others. Exactly. And maybe that's the, um, the best way that we can show who God is is because he's authentic. Right. And he's willing to engage 24-7. And it doesn't bother him that they are annoying. You know, it just bothers right, right. us. <laughs> right. And kindness is a position of the heart to me. Niceness right. is a is a um, behavior. But kindness is a position of the heart. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to do things even when you are like, I don't want to do this. I don't mm -hmm. want to speak to this person. Yeah. But I know that that person needs me to be kind to them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Or just uh, or just some muffins on their porch, too. That yes. works, I find. It's an act of kindness. <laughs> Rachel, you have been a delight. And I know such an encouragement to my listeners. Thank Where you. can they find you? You can find me at rachelgscott.com. Um, or on all the social media handles at I am Rachel G. Scott. And your podcast again is called? Taking the Leap. Uh, you can you you can go to any of your favorite podcast players for that or the website, which is thefiveleaps.com. Okay. And also, um, Rachel is graciously offering to everybody who's listening today a free resource. Would you tell us what that is and where they can find it? Yes. So at thefiveleaps.com, I have the Five Leaps Quick Guide. And essentially, it is going to help you to determine how to plan, prepare, and execute your next leap. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we jump into these leaps and we don't have a plan. We're not prepared. Um, but I talk about just the, the kingdom process is that oftentimes God prepares us. And we go through these years of preparations for the plan that he has mm -hmm. for us to execute. And so we just walk through what that would look like for whatever leap you're, you're feeling called to make. 
Oh, that sounds so exciting. And I bet, you know, and it's not just for young people, right? Every, no. every season, there's a new leap. It's like, sometimes we wish there weren't, but right. not really, because it's always exciting to see God working on our behalf. Yeah. And the fact that we get to partner with him, oh, we could just keep talking, but we won't. Thank you, Rachel. You have a wonderful day in Ohio. Thank you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.